Welcome back to another snowy daily walk. Yeah, I walked a little bit in this and uh, it's beautiful. This is the type of snow that it's not, uh, the roads aren't super dangerous, but it's beautiful out. So I decided I'd get out to the park and do a little bit of recording. Of course, I am under a pavilion so the camera doesn't get snowed on. Uh, and I don't get snowed on a lot, but uh, today we want to take a little bit of time on our daily walk to talk about dangerous religious groups and cults. Um, and I don't know, maybe if you guys want, I'll do a few of these, because uh, I think we can kind of introduce it this week, and maybe I'll go into more in-depth next week. I think that'd be a, a neat two-part little daily walk series. Um, and so from the Christian perspective, of course, when we're talking about cults on a Christian channel, we have to understand that there's different definitions of cults out there. Uh, on a Christian channel or a religious channel of any kind, you would define a cult as being a, uh, you know, something that teaches an aberration of the core teachings of the Bible. And uh, whether that be, you know, you might call, some might call Roman Catholicism a cult. Uh, in fact, if you, before you lash out at me, um, I studied a lot of cult experts, and one of the cult experts I studied is Margaret Singer, who did a book called Cults in Our Midst, and she is a Roman Catholic and admits that the Roman, the Roman Catholic Church behaves like a cult, <laughs> which is kind of funny. Um, and there are several Protestant denominations that behave like a cult. Not all of them, but there are certainly some. Um, and then there's some known Christian aberrations, such as your Mormonism and Jehovah's Witnesses, which actually visit this park a lot based on the literature I find in the community library over here. Um, those guys, they teach some pretty dangerous, bad stuff. And those guys actually get really close uh, in fact, exactly duplicating a lot of the issues we have in cults. So why I studied cults is because I got caught up in one uh, and was kind of under their influence for a number of years a while back. We're talking, you know, I was 18 or 19. I was, yeah, maybe I was 20. I don't remember. Um, and just the the situations and the mindsets and, and the way you, you just don't understand what's going on and uh, I ended up studying some work from Stephen Hassan, who was a high-level Mooney. And uh, he got out of the cult by what they used to do to get people out of cults, is they literally, it was like you'd hire bounty hunters, it's completely illegal. Um, you hire bounty hunters, the bounty hunter goes, they kidnap you, and they put you through this rigorous deprogramming in a hotel room somewhere. It's literally like kidnapping and taking hostages and torture, almost. And... He didn't like that, that model, although he admits that getting out of the cult was the best thing for him. And so he actually left all that stuff and went back and uh, I believe he did a, like a master's in psychology. And um, he's ended up one, being one of the top cult experts of our day. Uh, so he did uh, Combating Cult Mind Control as one of his books. And um, I think Breaking the Bonds, I think, was the name of the other one. Now, he approaches cults from a different perspective that's not an entirely religious perspective. And I think that that is a, a better approach, in fact, because cults are more than just religious. And we need to be concerned with, uh, with all measures of cults because they do cause a lot of issues and a lot of problems. And where we get a lot of them these days is the um, the motivation arms of multi-level marketing groups is where we see the most cults now. And most of us, if we run have run-ins with cults, generally that's it. 
I think it's also an, an interesting thing because there was the Est Conference, which was a cult. And the guy who created that, I forget his name, well, he's in jail now because that wasn't enough for him. So he went ahead and with attached to his Est Conferences, he attached, uh, is it Nexium, I think, um, or something like that. And basically it was like a sex slave cult. Uh, Law and Order, in fact, did an episode not long ago about that issue. And it was just an interesting take. And so... What we're going to do here today is we'll just kind of break down Stephen Hassan's uh, this week, and then I think we will do two weeks. Next week, we'll look at specific religious ones. So first, this week, we're just broad general. So the reason I like Hassan's model is it's the most memorable. He uses a model called BITE, and it matches all cults, whether they're religious cults or secular cults, perfectly. Uh, BITE is an acronym. It stands for Behavior Control, Emotion Control, um, excuse me, Behavior Control, Information Control, Thought Control, Emotion Control, B-I-T-E. And so all cults tend to follow this general trend, and he has studied nearly every cult that exists. Um, and uh, looking at what these are, so let's break these down. So behavior control is a cult member is going to go in, and you get into the cult, and they are going to, and, and not all of them match all of these perfectly. In fact, in, within each one of these, there's like 10 or 12 bullet points. Uh, we're just going to summarize each one as a unified whole. And not every cult follows absolutely every single one of these. Uh, but all cults will have generally at least two or three of these. So behavior control is do they really modify your behavior? And so where the aberration is with the Christian church is if you're going in and you're finding a church who sits there and, and absolutely commands that you behave a certain way outside of sound Christian teaching outside of exhortation to learn what the scriptures say and apply sanctification to your life, then that is the type of cult. So uh, one of the churches, I mentioned this before, I, I joined a church too quick once and really, I, I mean, I did pretty good due diligence. I met with people, I, I met with pastors, I met with some of the others. I listened to several of their sermons for several months and still the thing it was a cult that I didn't even recognize it. And I was a seasoned cult expert. This is how tricky it is. Well, the pastor in that church, uh, if, if people had a date, he would actually go and park his car outside of their house to make sure they weren't sleeping over or anything like that. That's kind of a creepy behavior control. So if you get a pastor who's sitting there spying on you on a date, you know, no, no, go, go the other way, man. Go the other way. Leave that church fast. And, and of course, um, when other things came to light that, that were absolutely uh, deal breakers for me and I left the church, they basically told the people, don't communicate with me anymore because, you know, which was sad because I had just moved into a new town. I was really making friends in the church. And basically, the, the sum of the matter is one of the pastors was a convicted child sex offender. And I was mentoring kids in Big Brothers Big Sisters program and bringing them to church. And I'm not going to bring kids to a church with a convicted child sex offender. And um, I heard about this and I looked him up and there he is on the state uh, on the state predators list. And so I had to leave. And so I did it very quietly. And I wrote them a letter saying, I just can't worship here because of the situation that I'm in and, and with these circumstances. And once I did that and I left the door open for friendships, I affirmed that, Hey, the guy's a friend. I don't care, but he just can't be my pastor and I can't bring kids into that church. And so 
when I left that church, a um, you know, a memo went out and no one was allowed to associate with me anymore. So there went that group of friends. That was exciting. Um, but I think I made the right choice, <laughs> all in all. Um, so the second is information control. Uh, this is really big in your Jehovah's Witness churches um, and in your, um, in your uh, multi-level marketing motivational groups, mo mo uh, MOs, motivational organizations is what they're generally referred to. And what these things happen to be is uh, information control means that, that they tell you you can't research, you can't study different things. If it's not on our approved reading list, don't read it. If it's that person's not on our approved study list, don't study them. And basically what this does is it narrows your perspective. It gets rid of your ability to actually get in there and do research for yourself. Whereas real evaluation, you know, and this is kind of where, where with Christian parents sometimes want to control all the information. I understand protecting your kids to a degree, but at some point in time, you need to get out there and teach them something else that you need to give them the ability to evaluate what you're saying and what other groups say to see what it is. Well, the parent-child relationship is definitely different. When a group is starting to tell you or an organization is starting to tell you, you can't read that because that's just dangerous that's a problematic thing. In fact, that call, falls under the branch of authority, which uh, we'll probably talk about next week as we break down um, from the more religious perspective. Um, but if they're trying to say what you can and cannot look at um, as the basis, particularly the basis of teaching in their organization, Scientology is also huge on this. Do not get caught with anti-Scientology materials if you're in the Scientology church. That's crazy. All right. Um, so be careful with that. Uh, so that's information control. Thought control. Uh, how do you think? If they're telling you how to think, if they're telling you your thoughts are wrong, and this is unfortunately where several Christian denominations have gotten in some areas, particularly in the areas of homosexuality. You know, we are in this world right now where kids are confused and the school systems have made them confused. And the, the conversations have made them confused. And so I know a guy that he ha was having these feelings raised in a church and he went and talked to his counselor at, the, at the, the Christian camp and the counselor says, well, those thoughts are just wrong. And he's like, well, but I have them. I mean, what do you do about them? So he goes and he talks to somebody at the church, you know, where he knew people and indeed they're like, oh, those thoughts are wrong. You can't have those thoughts. Well, the fact of the matter is, you do have those thoughts. What's the correct response? Well, the Bible specifically says that it's not a valid lifestyle choice for a practicing Christian. And, but the reality is the Bible doesn't say the thoughts are wrong. The Bible says the action is wrong. Do you agree with God and repent and, and, and trust God what is right and what is wrong? And that's kind of what it is. Um, that's kind of a, uh, <clears throat> not the best example in terms of cults, but the thought control is, are they really teaching you what to think and um, how to behave? So behavior, of course, information, thought. And then finally is the emotional control. And this is where most cults will get you in and, and keep you in. They do this thing called love bombing, where you go there and you feel like you've just made your, 
your lifelong group of friends. And as long as you're a member of their group, you're their lifelong best friends. But as soon as you decide not to attend a meeting, as soon as you decide not to go up to church one Sunday, man, you are like vilified, like what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? In fact, one, that one, that one church, you know, um, now at this time I was so excessively busy. I was working about 80 hour weeks and I had to prepare this organic chemistry lab. And the only time to do it was like Wednesday night. And so I started skipping the Wednesday night church services. So I'm leaving one day, one Sunday, and this pastor's like, God gave me a message. He said, you're discouraged. I said, I don't know who you're talking to, but I'm not discouraged. I'm just busy. (laughs) Okay. But the thing is, is they're trying to use this God said, and, and multiple people in that church use that God has told me type approach is this form of emotional control, emotionally controlling your people, um, making them happy that you're there, making them feel bad when you're not there, not allowing people to live their life. That's emotion control. So that is a little bit longer daily walks than I like to do, but behavior control, emotion control, thought control, um, I keep on mixing that up. <laughs> it's bite. Behavior control, information control, thought control, and emotion control. So keep those in mind as you are navigating your life. And uh, next week, we'll actually dive into some more religious perspectives. Uh, but that's just a general broad overview of, uh, of these, these groups. So thanks for making it to the end of this daily walk. Thank you for tuning in. Our Walk in Christ podcast is a listener-supported presentation. For more information about how you can help, check out ourwalkinchrist.com forward slash support or our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash Tom M. That's T-O-M-M. Digital and paperback books are available on several online bookstores or at our website. Once again, the website is ourwalkinchrist.com.